0: From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. I just um, I just preached on this gospel three weeks ago, and I know you're probably going to say, well, it wasn't on a Sunday. You no, know, it wasn't on a Sunday, and uh, actually it was for a funeral. And uh, you might say that seems kind of strange to be preaching on the feeding of the 5,000 for a funeral, but that's what we came up with. The funeral was extraordinarily sad because it was for a 21-year-old. And this 21-year-old who grew up on the south side uh, was hit and struck by a car late one Saturday night a few weeks ago, and uh, he died suddenly, died tragically. Um, I knew of him. I I, I knew him through my nephew. Um, I know that he and his family are from the great parish of St. Catherine of Alexandria out in Oak Lawn. And Jack, his name is Jack, he, he went on to Marist High School. He was in my nephew's class. And then he went on, he was, he was an aspiring senior to, at Kansas University, the home of the Jayhawks. And I got the call and I was asked to uh, preside at his funeral, which was held at the gymnasium of, of Marist High School because of all the, all the challenges with this pandemic. He was a uh, wonderful young man, and, and uh, he was, uh, what many people said, he was the real deal. And I knew of this kid. I didn't know him real well, but I, I knew of him. I often go to Marist. It's my alma mater. I, I often go there to say Mass. I've been doing it for many, many years. And so I've got to know some of the students, but it's, it's 1,700 kids. I, I don't really know them. I'm, I'm full-time here, not at a school. But I knew of this kid because this particular young man had a great reputation, and the reason he had a great reputation is because he was so outgoing. And the other reason he had a great reputation is because of his nickname. He was never an all-star jock. In fact, he didn't play on any teams, but rather he was the manager. And he was the manager of the football team and the, and the baseball team. And his name was Jack Roach, but everybody called him Coach. He was Coach Roach. And just a wonderful kid. Little guy, little Irish guy and uh, everybody loved him the, my nephew and his friends they were just they were very closely knitted together and so when this happened it devastated everybody and really just a a large segment of the south side of chicago and beyond when i went to his home to talk with his mom and dad days before the funeral um, we were just talking about him and i was trying to get more about him from their perspective and and getting ready for the funeral mass, and then also we ta- started talking about readings, and just everything they were saying about him, which is stuff that I knew already, because I was just hearing it from all over the place. He was the real deal. He was genuine. He touched so many hearts. This this kid, a kid of 21, and he just he just absolutely um, he fed so many with his goodness and personality and his joy. He was just such a nice kid. And so it just kind of popped into my head, and I said to the family, what about... If we did the reading of the five thousand the feeding of the five thousand. And so we did. And it might seem kind of strange, but it was not strange three weeks ago. And I hope you don't think that it's strange today because he fed so many. And I was with my nephew and a couple of their pals, his classmates, and we were sitting in a garage, you know, socially distant, having a few beers uh, before the funeral, the night before the funeral, and I was just trying to get more perspective from them, from a group of 21-year-olds. And, and they told great stories about him. And one of the guys spoke up and said, you know, one of the things that Jack did so well is he, whenever you were in his presence, he, he made you feel like you were at home, And I thought, wow, that's really kind of an interesting and insightful thing for a 21-year-old to say, not not something I expected. And he said, yeah, he said, he just had a way that when you were around him, he welcomed you, he was sincere, he was genuinely interested in what you were saying and what you were about, and he just he just made you feel like you were at home. And the other thing that was said about him is that his attitude, he just had such a great attitude. It was a winning spirit, a winning attitude. And while people might think, oh, a manager is like a ball boy. He was not a ball boy. In fact, there were guys from the f- college football players who were going on Twitter saying, nobody realizes that the heart and soul of a team are the managers. We can't do anything without the managers. And Jack, Coach Roach, was one of these great managers. But one of the things his friends laughed about is that, you know, Kansas, you know, the Jayhawks, they're known for basketball, right? But not for football. They're terrible in football in the Big 12, and, and, uh, but Jack, you know, this team would get clobbered by 40 points, but yet he'd be, he'd be saying to his friends, yeah, but we were so close, and we're really getting this together. And, and uh, he made them sound like BC, B, B, uh, BCS champions, which they're never going to be. Sorry for any Jayhawks that are in here, but they're not. But there was one thing about him is that he didn't have a defeatist attitude, which made this text even more inspiring and more appropriate when, the, when we started the funeral gospel, because we had pulled it off the internet, I, I didn't realize the verse that comes right before where we started. When we started, it said, When Jesus learned of it, he went away in a boat to be by himself, and then, of course, the crowds followed him. But I thought, what was it that he learned? I forgot. And so I go back to the text, and it's this one. When he learns about the death of his friend, John the Baptist, he then gets in a boat and he goes to his deserted place. And then the crowds follow him. What's fascinating is that when he learns about his loss, Jesus is going to do what we do. He's going to go and he's going to grieve. He's going to go and he's going to kind of refocus and, and perhaps maybe kind of reimagine what is this mission going to be. And then, of course, the crowds come and what do the crowds do? But they come and they bring all their needs. And so what does the divine do? The divine automatically does what the divine does. And the divine offers mercy and healing. This is the mission of the divine. This is what God does. God offers mercy and healing. And yet the story goes on. And what do the disciples, what do they do? They, they look like defeatists. What do they say? They say, hey, why don't you send them home? Let them go get something to eat themselves. And Jesus says, no, we we don't got to do that. What we have to do is create the home right here. Let this be the home. Because you've got this. You've got this. But they're kind of like, well, no, all we got are just a couple of loaves and a few fish. Like, we don't have enough. We don't have what it takes. And he's going to say to them, no, you you got this. You're going to feed them. You're going to feed them. And that's why it reminded me of that kid. It doesn't take much, it just takes a good attitude. It takes going away and looking inside of ourselves and discovering, every one of us, these unique, beautiful gifts. It's not about being a genius. Jack wasn't a genius. It's not about being an all-star or an all-American. He wasn't any of that. But rather, he just lived life in 21 years in such a beautiful, outgoing way. And like for us, it's not about us being geniuses or the best or all-stars. It's just about us being us, sons and daughters of the living God, and a God who says, you got this, you've got this. To those of you in the RCIA, to those of you who have been discerning and preparing and coming to this moment, you got this, you got this. It's not you just got water and oil and bread. No, you got this in terms of what discipleship is about. Just taking, just just a little bit. Doesn't take much. A little bit of mercy, a little bit of generosity, a little bit of love, some joy, making others feel at home, the right attitude. We got this. So what does Jesus do? He blesses these gifts and then says, now here, go, go feed the crowd. Go feed the multitude. It's what we're called to do. I thought about it yesterday when we were doing our procession. And uh, we had this procession that we have been talking about in response to the the, uh, the pandemic and the ugliness of racism in our world and all that was, again, where, where it just erupted again with the events of the murder of uh, George Floyd. And so members here at St. Pat said, we need to do something. And so we gathered and we processed. In silence yesterday from here over to First Baptist Congregational, we, we walked, we gathered as a community, black men and white men and some women who joined us, and we walked shoulder to shoulder. And we walked to this place in silence, and we walked in our, to share in our common humanity, brotherhood, sisterhood. And when we got over there, there were some, some great witnesses both from their community and our community. And one of the guys from here, Dave Ryan, got up and just spoke about, you know, I I thought I had this, but I don't have it. And he talked about how his 19-year-old daughters, his twin daughters, Rachel and Michaela, really kind of confronted him and his wife and said, we don't have this. We are privileged. We don't really know, we don't really understand the challenges of others in this world, particularly those of the black community. And uh, what Dave said so beautifully is that my daughters really reminded me of John's gospel when John is going to, to, or when Jesus, excuse me, is going to heal the blind man. And the blind man says, I just want to see. Help me to see. And I believe that what we are about is saying to the Lord, help us to see. And help us to hear. And help us to feel and know of the hungers of others in this world so that we can use all that we have to nourish and make this world a holier and better place. I thought about it too with John Lewis, the Congressman, this great icon, great civil rights leader for our time. And what he did was he wrote a, uh, 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 he wrote a letter that he wanted published on the day of his funeral and they did in the New York Times. It's a spectacular short piece, but he wrote this uh, piece and uh, just one line that I don't wanna screw up, And uh, he said, you know, uh, ordinary people with extraordinary vision can redeem the soul of America by getting in what I would call good trouble, necessary trouble. I love that line, ordinary people with extraordinary vision can redeem the soul of America or of the world. We come together today because we are ordinary people who have wonderful gifts, and we can redeem the soul of the world. There's a lot of hungry people in this world. There are those who hunger literally. Many who live right down this street at what we call Tenth City. Those who wander the streets of Chicago and literally hunger for bread and for a place to be. And Jesus says to his disciples, you got this, you feed them. Or for those who hunger for equality, and equal access to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, Jesus says, you got this. You feed them. Those who hunger for inclusion and not to be excluded, just because of the color of their skin or orientation or whatever it is that divides the human family, Jesus says, no, that's not the way it is. We feed each other. We welcome each other. You got this. Feed them. For all those in this world who hunger, who hunger for peace, like those in Cabrini-Green who saw a nine-year-old shot and killed the other night, children dying because of violence, those who hunger for peace, Jesus says, you got this. You got this. Feed them. Let there be peace. For those 150,000 just in the U.S. who have died of COVID, their families, their friends who mourn. So many who have had to watch them die alone. They hunger with such grief. The Lord says, you got this. Feed them with comfort and compassion. Gather this day with you, the RCIA. You, the elect, the catechumens, the candidates. You got this. The church hungers for new life. And today we got it. And you and the folks who were here at 10 o'clock this morning, you're just a sign of great hope, a sign that we need, especially in these times against the backdrop of a world so screwed up and a church that struggles. And today you bring us Easter joy on this August 2nd day. And so we give thanks to you for being those who are great disciples, who are nourishing us with your presence and your joy and your faith. You got this. And we, the church, we got you now. So let us prepare now to welcome you and let us prepare to initiate you and to lead you to the bread of life, to nourish you so that you'll go forth and you'll nourish the world. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about all resources and events at Old St. Pat's, please visit our website at oldstpat's.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. I'm Kate Anderson. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast.